Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. And today, we're embarking on a spine-tingling exploration of the supernatural. In our first story, we'll dive into the inexplicable events that have haunted a family for generations, leaving them with a sense of foreboding and an entity known only as The Watcher. Next, in our sixth sense of death story, we'll hear about a unique ability that one individual possesses, the power to sense death itself. How does this uncanny talent affect their life, and what are the implications of such an extraordinary gift? Then we'll plunge into a chilling tale of a haunted house, shared by friends. Their encounter with an unexplainable presence in a basement workout room will leave you questioning the boundaries between our world and the paranormal. Lastly, join us for a midnight snack run turned surreal in Midnight Taco Run. Discover the unnerving encounter with a creature that defied all logic, leaving our storytellers in a state of disbelief and wonder. So, haunted listeners, prepare to be enthralled and unnerved. These tales will weave a web of intrigue that might leave your heart racing and your lights burning late into the night. As we delve deeper into the abyss of the unknown, remember, you may find yourself questioning reality itself. Okay, ready to get spooked? All right, folks, let's kick things off with our first story from the author I'm Breaking Down 111. Picture this, a family haunted by the unexplainable since generations past. From deja vu to shadowy figures, it's a tale that'll have you questioning what's real and what's not. I've been like this my whole life. I experience deja vu very often. I see shadow people, see and hear things others don't. I sense things. I see dreams of places I've never been and go through conversations with people who have already passed on. I can't remember a time when it was anything different. My whole family is like this, from my mom's side, and I've been taught ever since I was young that it was simply a part of our heritage. Even with all of that, these things still can't be explained. I have a strong intuition, and I've always followed it. I moved with my family to a new house a few years ago. It's always been clear that there's a small house spirit, an elf as it's considered in our culture. And they've been with us for years. They're good-spirited, and when treated well, cause no harm. But that isn't what this is about. I noticed about a year ago that there was some sort of presence in the house, specifically in my bedroom. It tended to come out at night and felt like it was roughly the size of a large cat, including moving around on all fours. I've never really seen it, but I felt its presence. I call it the Watcher. It doesn't carry any particularly good or evil energy with it. It just wants to watch us and learn about us without making its presence known. It used to sit behind a pile of clothes in front of my closet, but now it's moved itself on top of the shelf in the high corner of the room, almost as if it can't come any closer. A few months ago, I noticed a new presence along with the watcher. 
I first felt it outside in our family's yard, and if you ask me, there's something seriously wrong with it. It's nothing like the Watcher. It feels slimy, big, and bony, and makes me so uncomfortable whenever I sense it. Even when I can't see it, I can feel it behind a corner or behind my back as I walk into the house alone at night. Often, I'll say out loud, you can't come in or go away to the entity before stepping inside the house. I can feel that it tries to get in as soon as I open the door to get in myself. A few nights ago, I think it got inside anyway. I had left my picture window open for a bit since it was hot outside. I sleep extremely deeply and barely ever wake up in the middle of the night, but that night I did, suddenly jolting awake in a cold sweat with a horrific feeling I was not safe. There was something in front of the closets, and the watcher was small and quiet in its new place. I put my lamplight on and placed some sentimental items on my night desk next to my bed. It was only then that I could sleep again. The room felt so intimidating and dense, while at the same time the most calm and cool air was being poured in from somewhere else. It was so strange. Now it seems to watch me from the edge of the forest where our neighbor's property starts. I've never seen it, but I already know firsthand how inhumane and uncontrolled it can be. I've tried to do research on this thing, but I can't find anything that matches. To be honest, I'm looking for any ideas on what this thing might be. I'm beginning to be afraid to go out at night, or even sleep. Okay? I have no answers whatsoever, and I like that you are open to other entities being there and that you are okay with some of them, and also being strong enough in your conviction to say, hey, stay out of my space. So if anybody is out there who also understands the culture, you didn't share your culture with us, so I'm not sure really where this comes from, but if anybody finds this to be familiar and you're aware of somebody who may have shared a similar experience or know maybe what is plaguing our author here, please let us know. Share with the show. Now for our next tale from the author Sex Pistol 88, brace yourself for a unique sixth sense and the eerie premonitions it unveils. What otherworldly revelations await? Let's find out. Ever since I was a kid, I've been able to sense death. I always thought that it was interesting because it would happen when I'd meet my friends' parents or family. On more than one occasion, I would look at their face and just see gray, black eyes with heavy bags under them. But then I'd look at pictures of them and see the complete opposite. Not long afterwards, I'll hear of them either dying of an illness or car accident or from gun violence. I just figured this was a coincidence. But as I grew older, it became different. It started with my grandmother. She was sick for a while, but one night I looked in the mirror and it was my own face that looked drained, just like hers was. Old, sunken in, and on top of that, I was just so tired. Unbelievably tired. The next day, I was told she died. It happened with my father too. 
He wasn't even ill, and I was halfway across the world at the time. I was getting ready to go out in another country, and I looked in the mirror at my reflection. Sure enough, I looked as though I'd just emerged from a crypt, and I suddenly felt so tired that I could have laid down right then and there and gone to sleep. A few hours later, my mother called and told me that my father had passed away from a sudden aneurysm. To my memory, this has happened over a dozen times. I never know who it's going to be, but if it's someone I know, I'll always get that drained look on my face and I'll be exhausted. I've never told anyone except for my partner, and only then because I once looked so gray and tired that they took me to the hospital. When we arrived, sure enough, we got a call letting us know that a friend of my partner's had been murdered that night at a nightclub. I really want to know if anyone has had the same experience. It feels crazy to even say, but it's never failed. It doesn't scare me anymore. I just want to learn more about it. So this is one of those gifts that I'm not sure anyone really wants. We may think we want it, but as the saying goes, be careful what you wish for. And I'm oddly reminded anytime I hear people say they wish they could know when they were going to pass on, I think of Dante's Inferno for some reason. Something like the eighth circle of hell where soothsayers, fortune tellers, and the like were forced to spend eternity with their heads turned backwards because they were always trying to see the future. I think from your story alone, we see how painful and overwhelming something like that can be. And of course, condolences to you for the loss that you've experienced and the loss that you've had to share with others. I do want to know if anyone else has had this experience, and I'm very glad that you're not fearful of this gift. So let us know, listeners. Do you know when somebody's going to pass on? Our next story, shared by the author Froland445, takes us into a haunted house shared by friends. What awaits in that basement workout room is bound to send shivers down your spine. In the early 2000s, I spent a lot of time at my best friend Kurt's house. There were about five of us who would regularly hang out there, working out, hanging around, the usual. One weekend, Kurt was out of town and gave us the green light to go work out in his basement. My buddy Mike and I were starting our workout, when we both suddenly had a very strong feeling of being watched. The energy in the room became dense and thick and seemed to be radiating from one particular corner of the room. We both acknowledged it was weird, but we decided to continue. This lasted about two minutes before both of our arms started to burn on the exact same spots, right above our elbows. We both had these identical large red areas that felt like they were absolutely on fire. They didn't make sense since nothing had come in contact with those areas of our skin. We immediately left the house and as soon as we did, our arms returned to normal. The redness was gone and the burning sensation subsided. Back at Kurt's house, on a separate occasion, a few of us were hanging out with him and his four-year-old daughter. Kurt had to run to pick up his wife and we were babysitting while he took off. We're all on the second floor hanging out and playing games with his kid. 
At one point, his daughter randomly got up and walked downstairs without saying anything. My buddy Mike and I didn't really think anything of it until we heard her talking to someone, and it sounded like she was answering questions. I got up to go look over the railing that was above the stairs to see if I could spot her, as it sounded like she was still at the bottom of the stairs. That's when I saw a very distinct, softball-sized white orb floating up the stairs towards me. As I watched, completely shocked, it shot straight up, made a 90-degree turn, and went right through my leg. I tried to jump out of the way, but I couldn't avoid it. I immediately looked at Mike to see if he'd seen the same thing, and he was both confused and baffled, telling me that I looked exactly like he felt. Terrified. We couldn't believe what had just happened. My leg felt strange and warm, but not painful at all. We came downstairs and waited for Kurt to get back. As soon as he did, we told the story and also brought up the burning arms incident from before. He was dumbfounded and told us he never experienced anything like that in the house. After that, we were never there again without Kurt, and we haven't experienced anything since. I don't know about you, but nothing says friendship quite like having an orb float past you and you still go to that friend's house. Like, kudos to you guys for continuing to do that. Also, kids talking to ghosts? Pass. As you all know, basements are a no-go for me forever until the end of time. And here's the thing. I've been thinking about moving to Massachusetts, and I've been so concerned about the potential basement in my home. Like, how do people make them less creepy? I have no idea, truly. However, kudos to you again and your friend for hanging out with Kurt and his haunted basement. You're a better friend than me. Our final story by the author Miss Lynn 83 features a midnight taco run turned surreal. What creature defies all logic? It's a mystery that'll keep you on the edge of your seat. husband and I have been together since 1997, when we were both in 8th grade. That in and of itself is difficult for people to believe, but suffice it to say, after 26 years together, we know each other pretty well. However, in the beginning, my husband, I'll call him Nick, was closed off about certain things. For instance, he didn't tell me that his mom legally changed his name when he was 5, until we were in college. I knew that his father's side of the family called him by what I thought was his middle name, but I had no idea they'd been using his original first name. When I asked why he didn't tell me, he said he didn't think it was that important. Anyway, I can't remember the first time something paranormal came up, but very recently. Nick told me that he could sometimes see things that most people couldn't. This astonished me, as I had never thought of him as a type to even believe in the paranormal. He not only believed, but insisted that he lived with it on nearly a daily basis. I told him that I believed him and was curious about the things he could see. I asked for him to share his experiences with me as he experienced them from then on. At first, he was uncomfortable doing so, but when he realized that I was genuinely interested and not out to make fun of him, he began opening up about it and sharing almost every time he saw something. 
unless it was something he felt he shouldn't acknowledge. So, with all that context out of the way, on to the story at hand. One night in early October in about 2008 or 2009, we decided to take a midnight snack run to our favorite taco place. I was driving that night, and when I turned into our neighborhood on our way home, I saw what I thought was a grayish trash bag blowing around near the stop sign at the end of the street. Nick and I had been oddly giddy and having a good time all night, making each other laugh over silly things. It was odd then that when I asked Nick what that thing on the side of the road was, he didn't answer me. I glanced at him to see if he had heard my question and asked him again, and again, and he still didn't answer me. As we got closer, I noticed that the way the thing was moving, it made it look almost like a large dog. As I pulled up to the stop sign, I could no longer see the thing, whatever it was, as it was on Nick's side of the truck. I looked at Nick again and asked yet another time what it was, while craning my neck trying to see out the window. Is it a dog? I asked. Nick's attitude had changed completely. He was no longer smiling and he was slouched way down in his seat. When I asked if it was a dog, Nick ever so slightly shook his head, no, with his eyes directly facing forward. He looked, well, not normal. At this point, I was confused and getting irritated at him for not responding to my question. Suddenly, I saw the gray dog, or whatever it was, run away from the truck towards the adjacent yard. I was wondering why Nick was acting so strange about a dog and was on the verge of saying something when suddenly, right before our eyes, the dog jumped straight up into the air and disappeared. Whatever I was going to say to Nick died in my throat, and I stared at him. He was now shielding his face with his hand, in a way you might do if you were trying to avoid someone seeing you, and whispering frantically under his breath over and over and over again, please go, please go, please go, please go. To add to that completely bizarre situation unfolding in front of me, at that moment, a cat from across the street started yowling and screaming as it came tearing off towards the area where I'd seen that strange not-a-dog disappear. The cat's tail was three times its normal size, and it looked prepared to fight to the death against whatever it had seen. What the hell did I just see? I demanded, every hair on my body standing on end. Nick dryly finally answered me. That was a cat. I floored it, sending us shooting away in our truck, furiously yelling at him that I wasn't talking about the cat, but Nick refused to acknowledge the other strange creature we'd seen. After we returned home, I was still freaked out, and Nick was a little paranoid that it might have followed us because he kept looking out the window. When he felt comfortable again, I asked him what he saw, determined to get an answer out of him. He was reluctant to say much, but he said that after I saw it disappear, he could still see it there. It had been sitting in a tree branch near his window, and had been staring towards the truck, with a face like a rat and long, sharp teeth. To this day, I can't describe what we saw. I still say it was mostly dog-shaped, but its body and tail looked like it had sharp angles, and was entirely dark, steely gray. When discussing the incident with Nick recently, he mentioned that he'd realized that the creature looked like it was covered in pointed scales, almost like armor. But the most bizarre thing for me was the way it disappeared. 
it seemed like it went through a black hole, like my limited human vision was restricted and couldn't possibly comprehend the emptiness of the space it had disappeared into. While it jumped its head and tail were separate from the emptiness of the hole, until they all came together at once, and it was gone. And I know exactly how little that makes sense, but that's how strange it was to see that happen. This experience was so bizarre, and at the time, incredibly creepy. But when I think about it now, I feel incredibly lucky to not only have been granted a glimpse into something so otherworldly, but to have been able to share that experience with my best friend. Okay, so y'all seriously need to stop ruining things for me. Now I'm going to be paranoid to see what sounds like a chupacabra surprising me on my taco runs. I love tacos, but I hate chupacabras. If you want to learn more about them, my friend Aiden over at Sustol has a great episode on them. In any case, I immediately thought of the chupacabra for some reason, but who knows if that's what it really was. I mean, I have no idea. I also don't blame Nick for going in shock or being in shock, because I would be too. Let's hope it doesn't make its way out of that black hole or anywhere near you ever again. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter, for now, at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance by Jesse Hawk, writing assistance by Meg Williams. The official composer and audio smith for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that? <laughs>